All right, let's see here. Well, I've been out of a suitcase here for a second. Uh, give me uh, one second, and you all turn, if you will, to First uh, Kings chapter 19. been uh, talking about um, encouragement last week. We started uh, that topic, and we saw that uh, when we try to encourage ourselves, uh, it only works or leads to victory if we allow God to encourage us, meaning we can encourage ourselves, but uh, really it's not going to have any lasting effect or value. So we saw that... Uh, when uh, the children of Israel encouraged themselves, they kept getting defeated. They would work up the courage to go do something, and then they would immediately be defeated. But when they let God encourage them, then they got the victory, okay? David encouraged himself when they thought of stoning him, okay? Well, we, uh, we saw that it's important for us, again, to allow God to encourage us. And so today I want to take and develop this topic a little bit further. And uh, I want to think about... Um, what leads to discouragement, okay? What leads to discouragement? Now, probably a lot of us will say, well, I know what leads to discouragement. Well, let's look at it. Let's look at it from a Bible perspective here. First uh, Kings chapter 19, beginning of verse 1, the Bible says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had, done, Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them, by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to uh, Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a, a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat, and he went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither into a cave, and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very uh, jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek to, uh, my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. 
and after the fire a still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and he stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and he said, What doest thou here, Elijah? Now just for sake of time, after that he gave him four jobs to do and, or three jobs to do and he, he eventually went out and did those. And so just for sake of time, let's end there. Father, we do love you. We thank you for the privilege to open your word. Father, we do pray that you'd help us to very real... Uh, issue in the life of a believer of discouragement and encouragement, our need for constant encouragement. And Father, we just pray that we can learn from the example of Elijah today. Father, be with those who are apart from us. Uh, heal the sick and encourage those uh, who, who might be traveling or away. And Father, just bless our time together as we take and we look into your word. Father, we do love you and we thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, what leads to discouragement? You know, the thing that's interesting about this is I make reference to this all the time. We are body, soul, and spirit, okay? And so if you will, that's an important thing for us to understand, okay? We are body, soul, and spirit. You can get down a lot of different ways. And you can have, if you will, gateways or doors to discouragement through all three areas, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. You can take and you can get down in all three of those ways. And by the way, Elijah does in this, in this text here, get down in all three of those ways, okay? So let's talk about this. Um, I'm going to ask a rhetorical question. I mean, I, I think I know the answer already, but I mean, we all deal with uh, the need for encouragement or discouragement, amen? And uh, it just, it, it seems like it's a constant need. I don't know about you, but it is a constant need. It's a daily need quite often, Amen. And, uh, and so let's see if we can take and identify what leads to getting down, okay? Because we see it in the life of Elijah here. So what leads to discouragement? Let's talk about physical reasons. First off, he was weary from well-doing. <laughs> Amen? The Bible warns us twice in the Bible to not be weary from well-doing, meaning he was doing the work of the Lord. He was doing good. He was victorious. I mean, he just got done defeating uh, uh, Baal and Baalism, and, and uh, he saw fire fall from heaven. I mean, what, an, what a mountaintop experience. That's kind of where we get the, that term, amen, a mountaintop experience. But, man, he's tired. He's tired, and he has every reason in the world to be tired. I, I will tell you this. Life is tiring. Life is exhausting. And have you ever noticed that even when you're doing well, and there's always more to do. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, I don't know about you. You guys still do the yellow pad and, and the list on the pad, and it just seems like the list never goes away, or you can always wake up the next day and make a new list, okay? And so there's just always something going. And so we need to be careful um, uh, by not becoming weary and well-doing. Well, how did he get that way? I mean, if he had the world figured out, if, and, and he is a spiritual man, obviously, he's a man of God here, but how did he get overwhelmed in well-doing? Well, by overdoing it. You only have to turn back a page to see how he overdid it, okay? Look at, if you will, at 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 46, okay? 1 Kings 18, 46, and this is after uh, the Mount Carmel experience here. And the Bible says, uh, when it, he told Ahab, he says, it's going to rain, go home. And whether this is true or not, but kings used to have runners that would go before, the, before their chariot. Quite often they would announce their presence, or when you saw them coming, that you would know, hey, that's the king. Why, look at the runners before. Well, he just 
probably wiped a number of them out. <laughs> All right? And so in verse 46, the Bible says, And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. I don't know how far that was, how, how many you know, miles, and, and if you will. But here he is after what had to be a tremendously long day. He ended his day by running, if you will, an exhausting race at the end of the day. Listen, he's just overdoing it. Um, I, I will tell you this. All of us, when we're busy... We consider ourselves busy people, don't we? How many of y'all think, I can always fit one more thing in? I appreciate the honesty. I mean, and if you're disciplined this way, good, and say, well, this is what I can do today, and then I'm done. Okay, good. If you've mastered that, that's good. But it just seems like there's always that one more thing to do. There's always one more thing to do. And, uh, and so, if you will... Uh, it's a good thing. Uh, how many of us live on adrenaline? By the way, the other day I was in a convenience store, and I saw a guy, he had to have been maybe 25, and he bought three cans of Monster Energy drink to go to work. And I looked at that, and I thought, that, that poor guy's living on stimulants. I mean, he, I, I imagine if he didn't buy those three cans, and by the way, he probably ought to find a better resource than a convenience store because he's going to go broke buying. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and, and I just thought about how many of us live on adrenaline? One of the best books I ever read in the ministry was called um, Emotional Support for Law Enforcement. And um, I was doing some things in my life I didn't realize. After reading this book, I realized that I was living on adrenaline. I was, I was going from one exciting thing to another, high intensity, high energy. Uh, uh, you, just, you guys know what I'm talking about, where you're just driven and going and moving? And then you guys know what happens after you live all day on adrenaline? You go home and you crash. And to be honest with you, it was, it was unhealthy for me and my family because I would go home and crash and then become unresponsive and, and unavailable to my wife and my children, Okay. And it was all in good hopes, and it was all in uh, for the ministry, and it was, and it was, and you just go, 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 and and then you realize that you can't live like that. You can't live like that. That that is exactly how that he had been living. He had been going and going and going, and and from one thing to another, and to another, and to another, and now he finally had a moment to himself. To be quite honest with you, the 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 adrenaline went away. Okay. And what happens is you literally, you, you crash, you shut off, you, you turn off. Police officers struggle with it. But can I say this? Anybody that has a high-intensity job struggles with it. Well, what do you mean high-intensity? How many of y'all have too much to do and not enough day? We're all there, aren't we? And so my whole point is this, is quite often we can be like that and say, well, I can fit one more thing in, I can fit one more thing in, I can fit, I can fit one more thing in, and you live on adrenaline all day long, and then you go home and you crash, okay? And it can lead to discouragement, it can lead to depression, because when you're not feeling well, quite often the, the mind's not thinking right, okay? And so if you will, uh, adrenaline can get you by, but there is a necessary crash coming. Um, by the way, I, I think... Um, uh, if you're a soldier, you know this. I, I hate every time I have a soldier illustration, I look at you, Wade, so I'm sorry about that. But he could tell you, um, in wartime, they feed soldiers stimulants. Just a constant availability of stimulants. Why? Because they have to go, 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 go. They don't have time to sleep. They, they go, 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 go. But the problem is, 
is you're going to maybe get the mission done for a while, but eventually something's going to break down. You're going to break down either mentally or you're going to break down physically, okay? And what is, what is discouragement other than be breaking down mentally or physically, okay? Uh, and, and so, if you will, uh, I'm trying to get it so that we can, we can understand that we all deal with this issue in, in one aspect or another. I, I have an expression. You, you guys are, some of you might be old enough to remember the Napa Auto Parts commercials back in the 70s, those of us who remember, remember the 70s. <laughs> and you remember they, they were trying to tell you buy the good oil filter? And they said, pay me now or pay me later. Okay, and this whole point was you're either going to take care of your car now or you're going to have to start replacing parts later. Okay, well, folks, if pay me now, pay me later applies to your car, how much more to this? And I'm not just talking about our bodies. I'm talking about our body, our soul, and our spirit, okay? And so, if you will, pay me now or pay me later. You know, um, by the way, sometimes any of y'all ever just go into mechanical mode? I don't know any other way to say it but that. You guys know what a mechanical mode is? Here's what I got to get done today, and you just chug, you know, the little engine that could, okay? And you, you just chug along and chug along and chug along. And can I tell you, you can get along with that for a while. You can get along with that because, I mean, listen, sometimes you have to. I'm, I'm not saying we ought to live above this. I'm saying sometimes this is our world. This is our life. Sometimes this is what we have to do to survive. Amen? And, and so, if you will, we just need to identify it. We need to identify it. Okay? And, and, and so you can go into that me- mechanical, that, that soldier mentality, that whatever you want to call it, where you just... Do the mission because that's what you're trained to do and that's what knows needs to be done. But you also need to remember the pay me now, pay me later, okay? Anybody know what the proper oil changing cycle is for your car? Anybody know? Well, Alan, you're a mechanic. You said it. What? How many? Okay, for us old guys. <laughs> What's that? Yours says five. What did you say? You can actually have some that say uh, 12. Some bottles of oil today say 20,000 miles on them. I don't know if you've seen them, but they do. They say 20,000 miles on them. Amen. You you know what 20,000 miles of oil is? You get on the highway and you drive for 20,000 miles. You'll be all right. But most of us don't drive 20,000 miles like that. As a matter of fact, if you're doing all city driving or like a, a work truck or something like that, it will even tell you don't go to that maximum. You have to reduce that. Why? Because you put a harder strain on that engine, and so you need to up the cycle, okay? So most cars today, I believe, are between five and 7,000 miles. And I got to tell you, us old school guys, it's hard for us to go five or 7,000 miles just because mentally you're like, you can't do that. You got to do it every 3,000 miles. Why? Because pay me now or pay me later, Amen. That's really, honestly, something that's been born into us, bred into us. I still have difficulty with it. But I will tell you this, now that oil changes are, are 60 and $80, I'm, I'm getting my mind wrapped around it. <laughs> okay. uh, folks, if it applies to our car, it applies to us. And there's some times where life is easy and you can just go, 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 go. 
But folks, we got to realize when life is hard, we got to take extra special attention to take care of this, okay? Extra special attention to take care of this. And that's where he was in this portion of Scripture. And so what are some of the physical uh, reasons? Well, you can be just weary from well-doing, all right? How about this, sickness? Does sickness break us down? I, I would tell you, sickness breaks you down. I, I don't know if you get colds or coughs or I, I, I don't know about you. I have perpetual hay fever. Don't you get tired of that? And, 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 and things like that. And, and so sickness can wear on you. It wore on Hezekiah. I mean, it got, it, it, if you really read the story of Hezekiah when he was sick unto death, he was kind of sideways with God. It, he was kind of like, God, don't you know what I've done for you? And blah, blah, blah. You know, he should have realized is, don't you know who I, God should, he should have said, don't you know who I am? <laughs> and I, I got this all figured out. It's time for you to come home. No, 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 no. Okay, and, and listen, if you will, sickness had, had gotten him where he was discouraged, okay? Turned his face against the wall and began to complain about God. Listen, uh, uh, we could go into that further, but I, I hope that you'll, you'll understand that. How about, does sin lead to discouragement? Folks, sin leads us to discouragement. And I will tell you this, there's nothing more refreshing than to confess your sin and to get right with God. And that's refreshing. Amen? But I will say this, sometimes there's lingering effects to sin. Is that true? Would you go to Psalm with me? Go to Psalm, uh, go to Psalm 38. Psalm 38. <laughs> Psalm 38, look at verse 6, and if you could, you could, I would encourage you to read the whole thing, but it's a psalm of David, and he's basically complaining about his lot in life after he sinned with Bathsheba, okay? And in verse 6, he says this, he says, I am troubled, I am bowed down greatly. Help me now, what do you think bowed down greatly means? Pardon me? Worn out. Is there another way of saying that? Bowed down greatly? How about overly burdened? Think about that. Mindy, as a, you don't have to look at it. Just using an illustration here, okay? But we went on vacation. There was this big rock that I wanted, okay? And it was right on my edge of physical ability to lift, okay? Now, I will tell you, I used to be able to lift bigger rocks, <laughs> <laughs> but this one was a river rock, and it was slimy, and it was slick, and it was just hard to take and to hold. But I really wanted this rock, and so I have this thing clutched down, and I'm walking like this. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Do you ever feel like that? And if you will, it's because of his sin and the sinful world that we live in, if you will. Sin can break us down. The Bible says here again in verse 6, he says, I am troubled. That's mental. He said, I'm bowed down. I believe that's physical. I think that's physical, okay? He says, I go mourning all the day long. Folks, that's depression. Y'all see that? Now, I, I want you to know when the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord, that was long before this. Long before this. This is now after 
with the, the effects of sin and, and, and he's got problems in his family, he's got problems in his nation. And if you read the context of this portion of scripture, he's, he's suffering physically, he's su- suffering physical disabilities because of his sin with Bathsheba. And, and, and if you will, it has just got him down. Now, praise the Lord. He's, he's the one that taught us, go to the Lord, get your encouragement. So here he is, he's dealing with it. And you can go back and study that for yourself, okay? Say, okay, so we all grant me that there's some physical reasons for discouragement. Can I just, let me stop and pause here for a second. How many of you know that's a real thing? I mean, sometimes you're just tired. Okay. And sometimes you're overtired. Have you ever seen a kid that, that's crying and out of control and you know they just need to go take a nap? You all with me? Can I just tell you, we might not behave like that, but we still respond like that when we get overly tired. Okay, We'll talk about that here more in a minute if we get there. Let's talk about emotional reasons. Okay, for discouragement. Are there any emotional reasons? That's kind of obvious because discouragement is an emotion. What, what emotions was he feeling? Go back to our text. What emotions was he feeling that might have been discouraging him? Okay. Look at verses 1 through 3. Do you see an emotion there? I tell you, the emotion that I see there is fear. You think he's afraid? Of course, we're Christians. We don't fear anything now, right? But have you ever feared that you might not have enough money to pay your bills? Have you ever feared that you're not raising your kids right? Have you ever feared? Y'all with me? And if you will here, the, the Bible says that he, he's, he's, he's afraid. By the way, one of the things, that one of the commentaries I read on this, and, and, and I don't use too many commentaries, but I was trying to get my head around. I, I didn't understand why he girded up his loins and ran in front of the the king's chair. I didn't understand that. And I think he was, that, remember I said they, they kind of heralded the coming of the king, okay? And I think he was kind of like, hey, we defeated Baal. <laughs> we, 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 we've discovered that the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. I think there's some aspect to that. And then he gets to town and, and Ahab comes in and says, Jezebel, God's real and he just killed the prophets. And she immediately says, well, why don't you send him a message? This time tomorrow, I'm going to do to him what he did to those prophets. How many of y'all would be afraid of a wicked woman like Jezebel? Amen. You say, well, I'm a Christian. I'm not afraid of anything. Liar, liar, pants on fire. I would say this. All of us are afraid of something. Amen. And there are some things. Uh, I, was, I was talking with somebody the other day, and they were talking about how deathly afraid they were of spiders. I'm like... Anybody here grow up with a basement room in their house? Not afraid of spiders. <laughs> I've slept with thousands of them. <laughs> okay. Just not afraid of spiders. But there's some other things that just terribly afraid of. I, for years, I was afraid of heights, okay, and different things. We all have different things that might not affect you, but it affects other people. We all have different fears. You all understand that? And so if you were, he had a legitimate fear. Help me. By the way, is, is fear... Always a bad thing. No, it's, it triggers the fight or flight. And so it's good to be afraid. It's kind of stupid not to be afraid. Oh, I'm not afraid of anything. Eh, you're headed for trouble. Amen. 
okay? You, you, it's good to be afraid, but it can wear on us emotionally, okay? How about this? You think he was dealing with any frustration? Verses 1 through 3 again. Folks, remember in chapter 18, what was, what was the people's response when the fire came down? The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. How many of y'all think he's expecting a revival? <laughs> hey, we're going to turn this thing around. It's a woohoo. And it's, it, next day, I'm going to kill you. The powers that be. Well, I don't want to get political. But we've dealt with some frustrations just in the elections, the last two elections. Can I just tell you, it's just gut-wrenching frustration. It's like, come on. Come on, okay. Yeah. Uh, verse 3, could you look at the end of it? See if there's another thing that could have led to his emotional discouragement. The end of verse 3, what did he do? He left his servant. Can I ask what he could have done with that servant? Could he have talked to him? Could they have borne one another's burdens? Now, we might be getting personal now right here, so don't flinch. But any of y'all, when you start being afraid or frustrated or getting overwhelmed emotionally, push people away? And quite often when you need people the most, you're pushing them away. Okay, I told you not to move, but you guys are really doing a great job. Folks, we push people away when we need them the most sometimes, don't we? Uh, we got we to gotta take and realize that, that, um, that he made that choice. Here, you stay here. Okay? It doesn't give a reason. He didn't say, meet me later. He didn't leave any instructions. He just said, you go here. I'm going to go somewhere else. Okay? And so, if you will, I, I will say this, that loneliness is often self-inflicted. Okay? And by the way, what did it lead to? It led to him saying, I'm the only prophet left. We're not going to get to it, the solution. We'll talk about that next week. But God said there's still 7,000 in Israel. Now, it's not a lot, but it's enough. There's still somebody to talk to and encourage you, and you can encourage them. Uh, the Bible talks about a three-fold cord is not easily broken. You guys ever seen the seal of the United States of America? It has an axe, and it has sticks around it that are tied around it. And that's the whole idea. We're stronger together. Okay, that threefold cord is you and someone else and God. Okay, in a family, it's a husband and wife and God. You all understand that? And it's not easily broken when you take and you have that. Uh, help me now. Are we living in a lonely world? Yeah. And the sad thing is, is we have more access to people than we've ever had. You can be lonely sitting around a table having dinner with somebody when you see all four people eating dinner looking at their phones. Okay? Desperately lonely world. Is it a real problem in our day-to-day? -day? Yeah, it's a real problem. Okay? <coughs> Excuse me. I just, it just come to my mind here. Think about a teenager. Have you, ever, have you ever seen the teenager going through the teen years? I just want to be left alone. Please take this the right way. That's kind of a cry for help, isn't it? I just want to be left alone. 
That's a, that's a cry for help, okay? Uh, depression, obviously, can lead to discouragement, all right? Um, resulting from his actions, he did some things. He ended up depressed, okay? But also resulting from wrong thinking. Look what the Bible says in verse 4. In uh, verse 4, the Bible says this. It says, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and he sat down under a juniper tree. He said, not only do I want to be alone, I want to make sure that I'm alone. Okay? I mean, he went out and he got all alone. Okay? And again, it was from wrong thinking. I'm the only one. I'm the only one left. Well, no, you're not. Okay? It was, it was wrong thinking. And then also seeing with a hopeless perspective. Look at verse 37 of chapter 18. Go back and look at chapter 18 again. Look at verse 37. And I, w- I want you to think about this. It says, Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Can I just tell you this? Um, I was talking to a preacher friend of mine this week, and uh, he had had a preacher's meeting. And I got to tell you, honestly, might have been the best preacher's meeting I ever went to. It was up there in Maine. It was, it was a tremendous, tremendous blessing. And, uh, and I asked him, I sat down, I said, uh, what was it like after? Please forgive me, that, that's a question from knowing. Okay. Because it was a mountaintop experience. Well, folks, help me. By definition, after the mountaintop comes the valley. And I asked him, I said, what was it like? He said, it, it was tough. I was like, you're telling me that after that wonderful, blessed meeting, he goes, oh, yeah. He said, it was tough. Amen. Folks, he had a mountaintop experience, but the sad truth is we can't live on the mountaintop. Okay. And he was really hoping, man, they, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. <laughs> well, uh, if you will, uh, he, he kind of lost hope, okay? He kind of lost hope. Help me for a second here, and I, 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 I don't want to get into the next part, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, look at chapter 19, verse 10. Chapter 19, verse 10, he says this. He said, uh, and he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord of hosts, the children of Israel, forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars, and slain thine prophets with the sword, and I, even I only am left. He he went from the hope of, hey, we're going to have revival to, I'm still the only one. I'm still the only one. By the way, neither extreme was true. We'll talk about this here a little bit further, but I got to tell you, it's important for us to maintain a balanced perspective sometimes, is it not? Very important for us to don't get too high and don't get too low, okay? Uh, and, and so, if you will. And so, there's physical reasons for discouragement, emotional reasons, and then spiritual reasons. I, I got one, and I want you to think about this with me. Think about this. He has been living on the edge of faith for years, meaning what? God's saying, trust me. He said, I'll trust you, Lord. Now, folks, I'm just telling you, we're supposed to live by faith, are we not? But when do we usually need to live by faith is when everything's out of our control and we don't have the means to do something. 
Amen. And I got to tell you, say, well, I can do it. I can do it. I can live by faith. I can live by faith. I can live by faith. But after you've done it for a long time, again, it's kind of that weary and well-doing thing. I want you to think about this. For the last uh, couple years here, he has been fed by birds and a dying river stream. I don't know about you. Does that take a little faith to get your meals every day from a raven? He's been fed from a widow's empty barrel. And by the way, get a hold of this. The barrel was empty every day. It wasn't like that they went to one meal and then he filled the barrel. No, it was, they, they made it and it was empty. 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 And every day, just like manna, they had to get up expecting God to provide until God said, I'm not providing anymore. Now, now you need to go do this, okay? Living on the edge of faith, if you will. And then he had to face Ahab and the prophets of Baal who were working hard to defeat him and to kill him. And God is saying, trust me, trust me, trust me. Folks, please take this the right way. You say, well, if you, if you have faith, you should be able to do that. Can you tell me a person who has more faith than Elijah? Come on. Can you think of somebody who has more faith than Elijah? Very few. I mean, it's, you're just going to have a handful at best. Amen. And if you will, spiritually, he was just worn out. And it led to his discouragement and, and if you will, later his depression. And then, uh, how, how about this? He got lost in the fight. What do I mean by that? Who do we fight? Well, people that annoy us, and sinners, and who do we fight? I'm sorry? Have you ever forgot that, though? Because a lot of times it's our circumstances and it's people. And we forget that we're in this big contest between God and Satan. Amen. And in Ephesians chapter 6, you know the verse, the Bible says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, okay? Rulers of the darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. Come on now, amen. Anybody here ever forget that? Besides me, I'm just telling you, if you will, that, that spiritually, it's just, you get tired of the battle and you, you think it's all about you and you're like, no, 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 it's all about God. And, and it can lead to discouragement and it can lead to depression. If you will, uh, we're, we're going to quit it there. We're going to talk about what leads to discouragement. Next week, we're going to talk about what leads to encouragement. And uh, God takes and unfolds it beautifully. So if you would, uh, read uh, 1 Kings chapter 19 for next week, and we'll take it up then.